I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There is no joy in Mudville. The day we all dreaded has finally arrived and the rays might never be the same. That's up on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. Everyone, Tom Jones, Rick Straub, Tampa Bay Times, along with our producer, Steve Versnick. We're going to get back to the Bucks on our Football Friday podcast as they get ready for their next to last game of the season at Carolina. But there is only one thing we can possibly talk about on this podcast, Rick, and that is the trade of the babe. We knew it was coming, and it sucks, man. I think this is just a horrible day in Tampa Bay sports. Evan Longoria traded. This is awful, awful, awful. Yeah, it's a bad day, man. And, you know, We've seen superstars move on. We've seen superstars retire. When I mean that, I mean Tampa Bay's superstars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always sad. We've talked about this. There's never really a good good way uh, for this to ever happen. But this one sucks because this is a guy, and you wrote about it, Tom, that he wanted to stay here. Mm-hmm. You know, like most guys have, you know, sort of longing eyes or they or they, they, they want to just play one time in a big market or – experience, you know, a chance to go to the postseason every year, whatever. Evan Longoria was perfectly fine with, with with playing for one organization, and that organization was Tampa Bay. And it was the team that made the decision that, you know what, it's in our best interest to trade you now. And that's the thing that stings about it. And well, here's the thing, Rick. It, we can get in. We'll get into the details here in a minute of the trade in terms of whether it's a good idea or not. And ultimately, it's, it probably is a good idea in the situation that the Rays are in. But fans don't want to hear that today. Nope. And I, I'll tell you, what, I've heard from a ton of them. You've you've heard it from a ton of them. The reaction, and, and I talked to Matt Silverman, the president of the Rays, about this. And the reaction, the backlash. They're prepared. They're prepared for a a really nasty backlash. Dick Vitale went on Twitter and. I'm absolutely sick. I can't believe it, and it sucks. It absolutely sucks that the Rays would trade Longoria, a genuine pro, a guy that gives us name recognition. I just wrote my check on my buddy and I for our season tickets every year. We pay Major League prices, yet they're going to give us AAA baseball. That's a joke. It's a joke. Next, they'll give away Mr. Archer. He's our other name player. Chris Archer, great young pitcher. Guarantee he'll be gone, too. Yes, it'll be a Christmas present for another team, and we'll get minor league players. But the prices stay the same. Shame on you, Rays. I'm really, really disappointed. We're paying major league prices for AAA players. What are they doing? That's right, baby. Well, and that's the reaction that a lot of fans have, Rick, because this feels like a fire sale, whether it is or not, whether it's the right thing to do or not. And, of course, just to be clear about this, the Rays were coming up on a deadline in terms of being able to trade Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria, once he played a few games of the 2018 season, then he became a, a 10-5 player where he needed you needed to get his approval to trade. He, he could veto any trade. Explain, I don't know let's he, explain that. That's, that's yeah. 10 years in the major leagues, five years with one team. Which is so, so that's yeah, which rule, is five, unusual ten. these days when you have yes. a guy that spends ten years in the league with five years with with one team doesn't mean that, they yes, couldn't that, trade him. But no, he, that gives him automatic veto power. Anything. Yeah, right. And I don't know whether he would or wouldn't have Rick, but obviously 
uh, it may have cut down on the number of teams that the Rays could have dealt with. Yes. So they opened it up, and everybody knew that they were going to trade him. And and quite honestly, Rick, if you look at his numbers over the last four years, there was one season that he that was pretty good, and three that he was pretty average, at least offensively. He had a real good year defensively last year. So you you factor in all these things, and and it all made sense for the Rays to go ahead and probably try to move him at this time. But fans don't see it that way, Rick. They see the face of the franchise, the greatest player who's ever put on a Rays uniform, and it feels like a white flag, I think, for a lot of people. And all 8,000 that go to the games every day (laughs) will just be devastated that he's not playing third base. I mean, isn't that a part of it? I mean, you know. Absolutely. uh, You know, and and for as much as we want to say, oh, there they go, the cheap Rays. You know what? I, I know there's a lot of people, and no one loves baseball more than me and you. I, I, I'm sure a lot of people yes. do love it more than me and you, but I grew no, but up. But we love it. It's our sport. Yeah, it's our sport. And and the thing is, is that, you know, um, for all that he did and for all the, you know, the teams um, that he played on, you know, he, he got to look at a lot of empty seats, man. And, you know, I know he has an affection, in, you know, for the Tampa Bay fans, the ones that, and there are a lot more that, that don't go to the game. But by the same token, man, this is a business decision, and it sucks, but you know what? Um, and it happens in big markets, too. It's not like you know, you know, other, other icons move on from their teams that draw $3 million a year. Sure, but, Albert Pujols is yeah, no longer in St. Right. Louis. Right. But, but, this, but this just feels like, you know, yeah, you can whine about it, but at the end of the day, you know, how much of a hit are they going to take at the gate? Not much. So, and prepare for more, by the way, because... Now, if they're if they're willing to trade Evan Longoria, there are no sacred cows over there. None. Well, it's, I tell you what, I was reading Mark Topkin's story, and Mark Topkin covers the Rays for the Tampa Bay Times, and there were a couple names that we were all pretty sure about that were eventually going to be moved anyway in terms of uh, trying to dump salary. Alex Colomay, a closer. Okay, we kind of expected that. One of their starters. Uh, starting pitchers, either Chris Archer, Jake Odorizzi, maybe both, but probably one will go. And then all of a sudden, Rick, he started throwing out there, probably not a good idea for Corey Dickerson or Wilson Ramos to buy, or your boy, Hetcheveria, to buy Longo's house out there on Snow Isle. When I saw the name Corey Dickerson, Rick, all of a sudden I'm like, man, this could turn into a, a, a real fire sell to the point where they're just going to dump everybody and try to build around a bunch of kids. And you know when when Matt Silverman and Eric Nylander were both asked, "Is this a total? Is this a total rebuild? Are they starting over from scratch?" They're trying to say no. They're trying to sort of split the split hairs but here. They and say, well, but they are. But they are. And if you're right. not, if you're not going to rip the bandaid off, why are you doing it? I mean, you know, this is their opportunity. If you're going to go this route, and I think I think it makes a lot of sense, and it's sort of, you know, sort of. Uh, the trend in baseball when you look at the Cleveland Indians and you look at the Cubs and you look at the Houston Astros, um, you know, is to gut it and then try to steal some prospects and let these 20 year old, 19, 20, 21 year old kids cut their teeth in the majors. And when they get really good together, you know, you might, you might win a hundred games instead of losing a hundred for two years, but they're going to take a hit. And in a small market, it, it makes even more sense financially you know, I, I mean, the plan would be hopefully, you know, you get a bunch of kids and, and, and prospects like like Arroyo that they got for Longo and that by the time they're good, you have a stadium deal and you have the money and, and, and the you know revenue streams to go buy some free agents or a couple that you need to, to fill in. So, you know, who knows if it'll work? It all depends on who's picking the players. Right. But right. Um, but th- th- just the emotion of this. I mean, let's just talk about what Evan Longoria represents, you know. 
um, you know, when the Tampa Bay Rays became relevant, when, you know, not this, you know, woebegone franchise that was sort of a joke um, for the first, I don't know how many years of their existence. Like first well, 10, like first 10, 12 years. Yeah. But, but he is, he is the, um, the embodiment of success of that organization because he came, you know, as a rookie in 08 and they went to the freaking world series, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was a star of the world series. I mean, he was a star in the ALCS. He was a star almost instantly. And here was this, you know, fresh face kid from long beach that was California cool, but that, you know, everyone could sort of relate to. And he's in the lineup every day and he's in the middle of the lineup, you know, third base and, and and I mean every and it and it stayed really good for a really long time. You know they had a lot of success together, um, and so you know whether it's the one sixty two you know home run and some of the biggest moments, um, he was always the the biggest part of those biggest moments. And so, and a, a bit of innocence is gone. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I brought that up with with in my column a little bit, and I and I usually don't do this sort of thing in my columns, and I actually got talked into doing it by a couple of editors. But I told a story about my son who was watch, who was you know he was eleven when my youngest son was eleven when Evan Longoria got to Tampa Bay, and I think he's you know he he is your he is your classic like raised baseball fan that you want you want homegrown fans. You know a lot of people are transplants from somewhere else. Your kids, your your kids are born here my kids are born here and i remember he you know he, he kicked over a, a glass of uh chocolate milk on the couch in game 162 the stain still underneath the couch but you know he had he had a longoria jersey when he was 11 and he grew out of it and he got another one you know and there was he had posters on his wall but evan longoria was his favorite player that's you know i and it's weird like we he looks at evan longoria the way i grew up looking at like willie stargell or the way people in philadelphia look at uh, Mike Schmidt or whatever, or, or people in California now look at uh, Mike Trout or whatever, or in St. Louis, Albert Pujols. Uh, he's our babe, you know? And uh, like you mentioned, Rick, he was there every day. He plays hard, and he played hard. There was never, he didn't always play well, but there was never a sense that he wasn't playing hard. And uh, he was he was ours. He was Evan. He was, he was long ago, you know? And the music and the walk-up music was part of it. Like, you just play that music, and the first thing... I hear that song on the radio, that Tancic song, and I turn around and I look for Evan Longoria somewhere. You know, is he next to me in, the, in, in, in at a stop sign? Um, it's he's the race. He is the race, and I think that's regardless of what they got back or what he or where he's at in his career. It just feels like the things have changed and they've changed for good, and not in a good way. They sucked before he got here, and they're going to suck after he leaves. Well, first of all, you got to tell your son Andy not to cry over that spilt milk. And, and to it's man up be, though, yeah. because because he's like 20 something years old he's now, 21 right? now and he's my devastated son, today well the, my son's the, 22 i got the same text message um because he, he's you know not living with me but he's nearby and yeah. he got home from work and he says man the first message was man this this sucks that they traded long ago <laughs> and then we went from there um, but yeah, and that's buy, what people are feel. All race fans all across the community are feeling. Of course, that, they that do. Same and and, and you know, they all. We, I mean, we, we, and we. You're right. We, you know, the great thing about baseball coming to Tampa Bay was that the generation, our kids' generation, didn't have to grow up without baseball. They don't know what that's like. Um, the Rays have always been there for them, and then their their first and only superstar was Evan Longoria. And I've got 
two jerseys and he's got one that he can still wear from the World Series patch on it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that is, you know, that's the deal. That's that's what baseball should be. That's what you want your fans to identify with with players that represent what he did and and he was the true face of the franchise. And again, you know, he he loved he loved this community. He was tweeting about the Bucks the other night. You know what I mean? Like he's a Bucks He went fan to the Lightning game in Arizona the other night and tweeted a picture with him and his and one of his kids. Yeah. And he was wearing he was wearing a Lightning jersey and a Lightning hat. Yeah. I mean, he's in proud Arizona. of Arizona. He's yeah. proud of, of of working here and playing for this organization. You can't you know, you wouldn't think that about everybody in baseball certainly. Uh, certainly somebody that's accomplished what he has. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and then, you know, from a community standpoint, he's done a lot in the community. He's a businessman and duckies, and, and, and we've watched him grow his family here with with his wife, Jamie. And, and it's just, you know, it, it's you know, it's like losing a family member. And yet um, there's going to be a lot of San Francisco Giant fans. You know, there's going to be a lot of people walking around with, with Giant hats because they're going to hope that Evan Longoria goes out there and in, in the twilight, you know, of his career, um, he finds himself in a World Series, and that would be, not not just apropos, but it would be good for Longo to 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 have one more chance at that, um, and and you know he's gonna love, <clears throat> you know he's a guy that will adjust and he'll love playing at AT and T Park and and that that venue and 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 the amount of fans that they draw out there, um, so you know it'll be it'll actually be good for him, but it's pretty sad on on the other end um, what what's happened. Well, it is. And I asked him specifically, I asked him, I said, what do you, you know, you know, the Tampa Bay market as well as anybody. And while he never, Rick, demanded a trade, you're right. He never tried to get out of here. Uh, there were times he spoke out about attendance and there were times sure. he spoke out about payroll and there were times he spoke out about players being traded like David Price and James Shields and people, people like that. And when it made sense, he, he was all on board. But if it didn't make sense or they just were, were slashing payroll just to slash payroll, he spoke up about it, but I asked him about whether Tampa Bay is is can sustain itself as a baseball market. And he, you know, he, he went out of his way to say, look, there was there was a four or five year stretch there where they had tremendous fan support, and he thinks that was an indication that there there's hope here. But he also said, look, it's probably not a question for me to answer, which I think was his way of taking the high road. Because yeah, I think if you can't say anything questions. nice, don't say right. anything good, yeah. especially on your way out the door. You know, after right. and right. this is a day where you know he. He's not gonna. He's still got teammates here. He's still got or former teammates and buddies of his. And he's not gonna. He's just not gonna. You know, he's got he's got business on. here. <laughs> he's got business here too. Yeah. yeah. And it's just not the classy thing to do. And, and no, that's not what he's about. To no. do it, but I'll say it, Rick. It's a concern. I don't know if this market survives this. I don't know. Somebody said the other day, you know, if they, once they trade him and make all these other, does this impact the stadium? I don't. I don't know that it does or doesn't. But it can't help. It, as as you're trying to build a stadium in the next three or four years here, I can't imagine this team's going to maybe they're, maybe I don't know maybe they got these prospects coming that are going to be really good maybe they will be the Houston Astros in five years, I'd, but maybe they won't and there's a through good chance they're world not going. Wars baseball has rolled on. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty-one twenty-four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty-first, twenty twenty-four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. 
<laughs> um, it'll survive the trade of Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria or the trade of Evan will not be, you know, will not be the reason the Rays move. Um, it's a symptom of the reason why the Rays may move. Um, and it, but it's not going to seal their fate one way or the other. I mean, this, you know, even under the best of circumstances, an organization like Tampa Bay with a player where Evan is in his career, 32, 20 home runs last year, you know, certainly his better years are behind him, still owe him 80-something million dollars. If you can get a chance to move a guy like that and get back some prospects, man, you almost have to do it. But, um, you know, there's no track record. You know, there we've never, you know, seen success since Evan's been part of whatever success they've ever had. It, it's hard to envision success without him just because he's he's always been there. So, um, but this is something they that we we thought they would do, but it does suck when it happens. It, it it's one of those things. I think you wrote about this too. Like you know, you do remember the big moments he had, and you always remember when you where you were when this news came down. I mean, it's that kind of a it's that kind of a day. You know what I'm saying? When you look back at Evan Longoria now in his career, obviously the the great moment was was one sixty two, mm-hmm. the home run in that game, and we forget he had another homer earlier in that game. They were down seven nothing in that yeah. game. This was back in two thousand eleven. They were fighting for a chance to get into the wild card along with the the Boston Red Sox, and it was this just great, like two or three hour period, and really great like a half hour period where the Red Sox in all of baseball. In all of baseball, it's a, the Red Sox were playing the Orioles in Baltimore, and and that mm-hmm. game was going back and forth, and the Rays were down seven nothing to the Yankees, and Evan Longoria helped that comeback with a homer, and then if Dan Johnson with mm-hmm. one of the if it hadn't been for Evan Longoria's homer later, that goes down as the greatest moment in Rays history. Um, he hits the or most dramatic, he hits a ball for a home run in the ninth inning. Dan Johnson does, and then and then Longo in the bottom of the twelfth. That's the greatest moment. Is there another? I got another moment, Rick. That it was was my favorite moment involving Evan Longoria. And there, you know, he was such a consistent player that he's he wasn't necessarily a a a had like a thousand moments, but he but he seemed like he was always around in the big moments. But it was the time that he jumped B.J. Upton. Do you remember that when oh, yeah. B.J. Upton kind of loafed after a ball in center field, mm-hmm. and Evan Longoria and B.J. were good buddies, and they remain good buddies to this day. But it was one of those things where Evan confronted B.J. Upton as he came into the dugout. They almost got in a fist fight, yeah. and 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 Upton had to be held back. And it was his way of holding people accountable. There were times, Rick, where I didn't always think Evan Longoria was the best leader on this team. You know, I, I think sometimes he he just wanted well, to be one of the guys. Well, he shirked it. I mean, he yeah. shirked it. You know, he got. I mean, you mentioned that. It's interesting you mentioned that confrontation because I think after that he quickly realized that I can't do this. Like that's not just not my, it's not in me. I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the hard ass. I don't want to be the guy confronting people. I just, I got, you know, and some guys are like this. It's like, they're so introverted in terms of like, it's all their energy has and all their focus has to be on themselves, you know, because, and this is things that people don't understand about baseball. As much as we talk about it being a team game, it's not, um, you know, you're on a team and, and certainly you can feed off other guys energy and things like that. I believe that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the pitcher against the hitter. It's right. the the ground ball against your glove. Um, and, you know, so Evan was so incredibly focused on being Evan Longoria that I think he didn't want – he couldn't spend any energy, if this makes sense, because it just wasn't his personality to to continue to get in guys' faces like B.J. Upton. So he, he announced – I've never known a guy that would <laughs> announce – he announced – 
Do not ask me to be the leader. I am not the leader. Let somebody else lead. But here's the funny thing about it, Rick, and and this is something that I remember that. I remember him saying that and saying, hey, let let somebody else handle this sort of thing. But every homestand, they would go on the road. And this mm-hmm. is for the last 10 years. They'd go on the road and he'd come home and all the TV people would show up for because they hadn't seen him, you know, since yeah. since the, the, they were last in town. And right before the first game of a homestand, to sort of get, you know, what's the pulse of the team? What's the update? Sure. What are people mood, talking yeah. about? The mood of the team. Somebody has to be the spokesman. Mm-hmm. And Evan Longoria might make you wait a while before he came out. Oh, he'd but, make you wait. But once he came out, Rick, he would give you something. And he knew that that was his role, and he knew it was a responsibility to talk to the media. And I'm talking mostly, like, before games or before series. Yeah. And he would, you know, he, he would stand at his locker as teams, as it was up to the moment where he had to go out and stretch. And I'll give him credit for that, that he realized that as much as he didn't want to be the leader and the spokesman all the time, that that we determined that he was. That was <laughs> his know? role. Yeah, we wanted to talk to him because he was so good at it. And He and was he, really good. He was. I mean, when he, he knew what you wanted, and he'd give it to you. You know, it wasn't like he held back, and he and he didn't act like it was a pain in the butt to do it when he did it. You, like you said, you had to wait for him. I remember um, I covered a road trip one time. I, you know, I think Mark you know, had a leave of absence or whatever, and uh, we were in Baltimore, and he had been struggling for whatever reason at that time. And um, they played, you know, it was a getaway day, and they played an afternoon game. And the dude hit, I don't know, a home run and a double, and he had like three hits. And he drove in four of the five runs or something like that, right? So they beat Baltimore, and they swept them, I believe, that series. It was a really good series for him. And uh, so you know how it is on getaway day. You go in the clubhouse, and it's, you know, well, getaway day. Everybody's kind of in a hurry to get out of there, right? Right. And so you go, and, and, and including writers, by the way. Yeah, you're uh, right. And then you go, and, you know, um, obviously, it's like, where's Evan? You know, he drove in four of the five runs, and it's his first RBI in I don't know how many days. And he was in a cold tub, like, after the game. And we waited, I don't know, for... 35 minutes or so and then he finally did his thing he got a cold tub and he was like oh hey guys i'm sorry i didn't know you guys were waiting for me and he did know but he he just couldn't be bothered <laughs> it's like he knew we weren't going anywhere you would wait right. on evan and he was fantastic when you got him but it was just kind of like you know he was he was you you were not gonna you know he'd play his drums you know he did he he had his own routine and he was gonna do it but then it, it always felt like you always felt better after you talked to him because he'd give you stuff. You know, he yeah, actually, he was engaged. He, knew what, he wasn't what to say. Yeah, yeah, he was he was engaged with you. I mean, he he wouldn't say something. He, he was cliche and you know. Yeah, he wasn't, and he wasn't like like overly controversial. But he would give you something. He wasn't Derek Jeter, who who was well. Derek Jeter's a nice guy. And he was very cooperative with the media. He wasn't never going to say anything. But he never said anything. <laughs> you know that he was a master. He could have taught a class on he talking could've. for ten minutes without saying absolutely nothing. Him because because uh, that's yeah. the way you have to, to handle things in New York. But yeah, Longoria was, you, like you said, you would walk away and you felt like, boy, I have enough here. I could write a story about yeah. what it was I asked him, was asking him about. All right, Rick. So he was the face of the franchise. He was the mm-hmm. face, no matter uh, where he was in his career in terms of uh, his, so he was sort of slumping here the last few years offensively. Um, so now who's the face of the franchise? And I know who you're going to say before you say it. And I'm just going to, before you say it, I'm going to tell you, you're talking about a 262 lifetime hitter <laughs> who averages averages 16 homers and 53 RBIs a year. That's your face of the franchise. Well, right, that, no, that might be your face of the franchise. It's Kevin, Kier- it's Kevin Kiermaier. 
Kevin Kiermaier is now your face of the franchise, no, that's... and he's and he should be your sixth best player. He's well, he's incredible defensively. I'm not. Are, are, we, are, are we are we are we going agreeing that that Chris Archer, who we said on on the cover one time a few years ago, was the face of baseball, is not the face of the franchise. <laughs> he's not, just, and he's, he's not going to be here much longer anyway. Yeah, no, no, about ten more minutes. Um, yeah, and that's you know Kevin's not going to wear that well. And they're bare, they're he's just not like you know what I mean. Like I agree it's with just, you one hundred and twenty. I saw the I saw the auto commercials. I still see him. It's just not. It's not going to happen. It it you know. Um, good he, guy, he, by the way. He's I, a good. I, I he's be. a good enough guy, and he's he's a hell of a defensive player. His offense at this point, I don't know if it's going to get much better. I mean, last year he hit two seventy six with uh, fifteen homers, thirty nine. He was really good when he came back off that injury. Yes. You know, he's really good. But it I, doesn't, you know, strikes out too much, doesn't walk enough. And look, you know. are we sure Kevin Kiermaier is going to be here for very long? No. Although somebody, th- when Eric Nylander was asked, they, we didn't even talk about who they got back in the Longoria trade. I'm hoping yeah. they got uh, Arroyo, Arroyo the, the kid from um, from mm-hmm. Hernando, and then they got Denard Spann, who's from Tampa, and went to Tampa. Who will, be here, who will be someplace else by the start of the season. And I'm hoping that, that San Francisco was nice enough to throw in Matt Duffy's foot on this part of the trade because <laughs> – Apparently well, really, come, when you think about it, it didn't all come did, with them on the Matt Moore they, part of the trade. I mean, yeah, basically they traded Matt Moore and Evan Longoria and got back a guy that can't play third base because he's hurt <laughs> all the time. Right. So it hasn't worked well, out just yet. So, But here's the thing about Denard Spann. Somebody asked uh, Eric Nylander about Denard Spann because he's, he's a center fielder, and, and Nylander said, uh, we have a center fielder, obviously. So, I mean, he wasn't. it's not that he's going to telegraph any trades, but – I'm no, getting the sense that Kiermaier is not going to go anywhere for now. Well, not only that, but Span's not. I, I would be shocked if Span was a Ray. I mean, that was a salary shuffle, if you will, and and even the Rays had to give up some cash. I mean, essentially, it sounds like, you know, it, it, you deal with Span because we want to dump him and we can't. Right. Span's going to make nine million dollars. He's a fourth outfitter on almost any team, and he's got. I think he's got like some kind of a three million dollar bonus if he's around in January. So, whenever that baby's due, the Rays are going to trade him. Uh, if they can, to some team right. that needs a fourth outfielder, I don't think I don't think Span will play a game here. Hmm, interesting. Well, so uh, so it's got Kevin Kiermaier. If it's not Kevin Kiermaier, <laughs> it's not your face of the. Fr- I don't know that they have a face of the franchise, Rick, and that's going to be a bit of an issue. And I don't know how many people were going to the ballpark just to see Evan Longoria, but clearly a fan favorite, and he's somebody that you rooted for. He's a guy when he came on I this did. TV, you stopped and you watched. I did. And he's a guy he, you'd pay money to see. Yeah. Well, you know what you knew when you went to the ballpark? He was playing third base. And I mean, how many games this effort, guy yeah. didn't take a day off? Right. You know, and he did, and he for the most part, you know, he had one stint on the DL, but I mean, for the most part, he, you know, he was an Iron Man, and you know, he didn't feel good, and you know, he got hurt, and you know, he, you know, he played through a lot of stuff, but he was out there. You knew that if you went to a Rays game, you were going to watch Evan Longoria start at third base, just the way it was. It didn't matter if he was coming off a road trip or. You know, uh, whatever it was, you know, he he was gonna he was gonna be in the lineup, and that's you couldn't say that about a lot of guys. Let me ask you this question: It's an impossible question to answer, Rick, but I'm gonna ask it to you anyway. When we look back at this date, uh, uh, December 21st, uh, well, the trade happened on the 20th, so December 20th, 2017. When we look back on December, you know, in 2020, will we look back at this day as being? just an awful day as we're thinking it is now for the Rays, or we look back and say, you know what? Probably the best thing that ever happened. It won't be the best thing that ever happened. Um, 
it'll always be an awful day. And, um, you know, as far as the Rays go, I mean, I don't think this one deal is going to put them over the top. It's, it's just the, it's the beginning of a dismantling of a rebuild that they, that they frankly need to admit, but do you trust the guys doing it? And I think that's what it comes down to. Like, um, it's easy to say, Hey, and I watched the Bucks do this 25 times. Hey, you know what? We need to build through the draft. Hey, you know what? We need to, you know, well, who the hell doesn't? You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, we want to we wanna get younger. We want to reload. We want to, you know, develop our prospects and, and, and have a team that, that will last for the future and can compete for a World Series. And if you, I mean, they, everybody wants to do that, you know, and, and it's not mutually exclusive. It's like you don't have to not draft good players just because you have a veteran team that's winning now. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, I don't, my whole thing is, can it, you know, Eric Nylander, I mean, see the guy, you know, is that who's going to build the raise? Is he going to, is he going to, is he going to get these prospects? And, you know, are these going to be, is this going to be the Houston Astros in, in three years? We'll see. Everybody's trying to do it. Everyone wants to do the same thing. And, a lot of them have to do it, and I think in the Rays' case that that's that's the crossroads they're at. They they don't they don't have a, a shovel in the ground. They don't even know where this team's playing in a few years. So you know why the hell are you going to keep spending money and trying to this ridiculous thread the needle approach where you spend eighty million dollars and win seventy eight games? I mean, it just it's not going to get you any any closer to where you want to go. Yeah, breaking the down's the easy part, and and they're they're, right. they're going through the easy part right now. As, as painful as it sounds, and That's painful right. as it is, this is the easy part. The hard part is it just like the Houston Astros. It was easy to dump everybody, dump oh, your yeah. veterans. The hard part's drafting George Springer and Carlos mm-hmm. Correa and signing there guys like go. Jose Altuve and 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 then drafting Lance McCullers Jr. people like that. Yep. And then going out and tra- trading for Justin Verlander, which. And here's the thing: the Rays haven't drafted well, they haven't developed well, and they they haven't proven that they're going to go out and spend money when the time comes that you need one guy to put you over the top. So that's right. Yeah, no, it's a bad day. <laughs> it will be in three years <laughs> from now. Sucks. Though. Yeah. Thanks sorry, for Rays listening. Fans. Yeah, sorry. Thanks for listening, everybody. Subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your uh, podcast. Reach us on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast at NFL Stroud at Tom W. Jones. Thanks to our producer, Steve Verstick. Try to have a great day, everyone. And we talk to you next time. We'll have something better to talk about, like the Bucks on a football Friday. Join us then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 